How are you all doing today? Awesome. Thanks for being here. We're going to be in Luke 5. So if you have your scriptures, go ahead, turn there. If you have your phone, you can turn there too. And uh, make sure your neighbor is not on Instagram, okay? Just nudge them if they are. Or you could stand up and point. And then we'll interview them. Huh? No, it's all good. It's great to be here today. We're talking today about deep waters. So the message is deep waters, and it's nine truths to consider when God invites you into a deeper place. Is there anybody today that in the last 12 months, they feel like God has called them into a deeper place? Anyone? All right, a few of you. Well, this passage that we're about to unpack today was like food for my soul. Have you ever been so desperate in life? Circumstances are so bad. Perhaps a loved one gets a diagnosis of dementia. Happened to me last 12 months, right? Perhaps you've had people quit your company. Happened to me last year 10 times in 10 weeks. In other words, Folks, I'm sharing today a true passage that has been life for me, and I hope it has life for you too. I have a sign on my desk that says this, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. You believe that? I'm a dreamer, so I, you know, some of you pessimists, you might just hate my energy, you might just be like, what is that dude doing? He's a bald guy with a girl's name. He just, he just frustrates me. I just wish he would shut up. But listen, I'm going to share today some, <laughs> I'm going to share today, oh, I've heard it all. Pat Sajak was the only guy back in the day that had a girl's name. I don't know. Some of you remember that. Some of you are like, who the heck is Pat Sajak? All right, let's jump in. Let's jump into Luke 5. We're going to be talking all about this time where Jesus calls the disciples into deeper waters. There's a statement that I want you to think about. It says this. What are you attempting to do in your life right now that unless God shows up, you will fail? Ouch. What are you attempting to do right now in your life that unless God shows up, you will fail? And the answer isn't to watch the next Netflix series, right? In other words, Western Christianity, we're very comfortable with this safe Christianity, where if something just bumps us the wrong way, we're kind of like upset. I talked to Andy Bishop before we came out. He said, yeah, that's the Christianity cruise line view, right? Where everything's supposed to be cool, and if the boat ride gets a little bit bumpy, you're supposed to go tell the Holy Spirit to tell the Father to chill out, make it a little bit smoother. That's a lot of times the view of Christianity that we have. I want to challenge you today that God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God wants to give you the desires of your heart? Now, as a teenager, I was growing up, and I heard a preacher say that, and I said, yes, the Lamborghini is coming, <laughs> right? But there's two views of that passage. One is that if I get tight with God, he'll give me whatever I want. And that was a lot of my teen years. If I get tight with God, he'll give me the right girlfriend. He'll give me the right scholarship. In other words, if I get tight with God, he will hook me up with, with, with what's on my heart. But here's the real view of the, of the verse. If I get tight with God, 
I'll know his desires and they will match with mine. If I get tight with God, if I delight myself in the Lord, the desires that I have in my heart are God-given. For those of us who are married, it's kind of like if you hang with your spouse, you know the honeydew list. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Or am I the only one? Last week, I, I, you know, my wife's like, hey, can you install a, I don't even know what you call it, a thing. Can you install a thing? And I went to Menards, and I'm like, do you, do, you ha- do you sell those things? You know, and then I had to show them my phone, and I had to take pictures, and it was a closet door, okay, that opens. It took me a lot of time, okay? But the point is this. I knew that Kelly wanted that done because I was hanging with her. I, I was tight with her, and so I knew that desire of her heart, and it became my desire really quick, right? So let's look at Luke 5 for a moment. Luke 5 is amazing because let's look at Luke 4 and let's look at Luke 3. I love what a guy named Bill Johnson says out of California. He says that about Luke 3, God set Jesus up to succeed. How many of you think that if, if, if you're really honest, God is against you? Don't raise your hand, okay? But, but all right. But I thought God was against me a lot of my life because I'd have a dream shut down, dream shut down, dream shut down. Well, sure enough, the Father appears to Jesus the Son in Luke 3 and says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. His sonship was secure, and along comes Luke 4, and the temptation is exactly on that point. Satan says, if you are the Son of God, what did Jesus just received from the Father a few verses before. You are my beloved son. You see, God is all about not setting us up to fail in life, but to succeed. So Jesus makes it through the temptation, and now he comes to his disciples. Luke 5, let's look at it, and here's what happens. Now it happened while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake. Do you ever have a tough time pronouncing words in the Bible? I just have a skip rule. I'm like, skip it. Let's just skip it, man. (laughs) All right. Lake G, all right? Let's just call it Lake G. You can tell I didn't really make it in seminary very well, right? Okay. English was tough, Hebrew was tougher, and Greek was bad. But, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. Are boats meant to lie on the edge of the lake? I mean, is that why we build boats, so that they just sit there? No, so there's a clue. But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. Now, we need to understand the culture. Because if you don't, you're just like, oh, you know, the nets were dirty. Here's what I think was happening. I think Peter and his buddies were so frustrated that they didn't catch anything the night before. They're like, it's got to be the net's fault. Have you ever been there? Where you're like, you know what, I am not experiencing success personally and professionally. I'm just going to try harder. And I'm going to fix those nets. And I'm going to mend them. And I'm going to wash them. And sure enough, the disciples, they're like, ah, must not be us. We're skilled fishermen. Must be the nets. We're going to fix them. So what happened? He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began to teach the people from the boat. Interesting. 
Simon had to sit there. He didn't have his AirPods, right? He's literally sitting there listening to Jesus' sermon. He doesn't have a choice. And Jesus finishes the sermon, and when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let your nets down for a catch. Interesting. Very interesting. He has a choice. Has God ever told you something and then you end up giving God a lesson? Anyone? Where God kind of says, I want you to go talk to that person. You're like, well, God, let me tell you about that person. You know, or God tells you to pursue a certain opportunity, a relationship, end something, you know. And uh, women are great at this. Intuition. Women are great at this. My wife will, will often say, you know, three years ago I told you not to do business with that guy. And I'm like, okay, next time I will listen, right? Anyone been there? Yes, okay. But the point is this. Jesus tells him to go down to the deep water, and he has a choice. God will not force you to go into the deep water. So some of you today are right now saying, you know what, I am not going with God into the deep water. That was me. As a young person, I was like, I am not going with God into the deep water. God and I had a lot of intense emotions growing up. I was a pastor's kid, but I fell into a, an addiction of self-injury as a young kid. And it, it started with biting, then it turned into cutting, and this was before the internet, this was before, I don't even know, you know, a long time ago. But you wouldn't really look up that stuff, you wouldn't talk about it, but this became my secret private addiction to express my anger at God, to express the need for control. And it didn't work very well, right? But I wore the good Christian face, and I was the chaplain on the Christian college at Grace College. And, and on the outside, I was this great guy, but on the inside, I was really angry at God. Do you know that it's okay to be angry at God? I never heard that sermon growing up. I never heard that. Do you know that there are certain psalms in the Bible called the imprecatory psalms, Psalm 69 and 109, where David is actually very angry at God. This is the passage where David says, may you take my enemies and blot them out of the book of life. Translation, make my enemies go to hell. All right, and that's a psalm. John, why did we not sing that song today? <laughs> we missed that one, right? I don't know any church that says, you know, next we're gonna sing, let my enemies go to hell. All right, let's sing <laughs> the third verse, right? No, we, we don't do that. We're like, whoa, that's a scary verse. And most, the most theologians, they're like, well, that's where David was taking on the position of divine justice, blah, 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 blah. I think David was just mad. I think David was mad. And here's the cool thing. Spirituality is tied to authenticity. If you're a note taker, write that down. Spirituality is tied to authenticity. David said... I'm going to be real with God. Some of us have not been real with God in a long time. He already knows, okay? He already knows, so you might as well be real with God. So people ask me all the time, how did you overcome self-injury? I started to injure God, okay? I mean, I mean that's not going to, Dean might not invite me back now, okay? But, but I just said, look, I'm going to take all that anger, and I'm just going to express it at God, and I'm going to be angry. And here's what's interesting. My heart began to soften. Isn't that interesting? As I began to pour out my anger on God through journaling 
and through writing, and that's why I'm a writer now, but through writing and journaling, and I started, to, God started to work with me like that wrestling match with Jacob, and he began to say, okay, I'm going to transform you. Now I can work with you. You see, you're either the prodigal son or you're the older brother. You're either consumed with rebellion or religion. Both are far from the father. Probably the older brother is even further, even though he's standing right next to the father. Am I speaking to anyone? Does this make sense? We can be the furthest from God sitting in the church because our heart is distant. And that was me. And that was the Pharisees. And that's what frustrated Jesus the most. He was cool with the sermon last week about the woman who you know, let down her hair and anointed the feet with oil. These types of things. He was cool with that. He could work with that. But he couldn't work with the prideful heart. And some of us are, are prideful spiritually. All right, we better get into point one, because I got nine, okay? All right, I'm watching the time, don't worry. 1956, there's the countdown. There's stress right there, all right? If you're, turn behind you, look at that clock, all right? Come on now, okay. All right, here we go. So here's what happens. That was all free, that first part, okay. Um, he says, Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say, and let down the nets. Here's the first point. Number one, obedience outperforms hustle. Obedience outperforms hustle. I'm in the internet world. I have an online business. I got to be consumed with marketing. You know, there's this guy named Gary Vee. Some of you might know about him, but Gary Vee is all about hustle, 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 hustle. You know, it's all about hustle. Wake up, sun up, sun down, hustle, hustle, hustle. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, what do we have to show, right? A lot of the work of our own hands. I'm not against hustle. I think the biblical perspective is, is you do take action, but you definitely walk with the Lord. You trust in the Lord. You trust in his results. So here's what Simon says. I am, I'm not going to hustle anymore. I'm just going to obey. So he lets down his net, and guess what happened? When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and the nets began to break. Point number two, the miracle comes after the movement. The miracle comes after the movement. You can't sit in your faith chair, your, 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 your lazy boy, and then all of a sudden let things happen. You have to take action. If God gives you a command, James talks about how we need to take action, otherwise our faith is dead. What happens, though, folks, if you put your net in the water and it doesn't happen right away? Anyone been there? I mean, this is a cool story, but it doesn't happen to me, all right? This is a cool story, but I'm the guy who lets down my net, and it's like six months and 12 months and two years, and some of you right now might have a distant young person, son or daughter, who's run from the Lord, and you're like, Lord, it has been 15 years it has been 17 years, it's been five years, it's been three years. I don't know the time length, but here's what I know. If eternity is from that wall to that wall, right, we're looking at a little segment of our life right here. And sometimes we're like, Lord, this is not the right time. Like, it's not happening. And God's saying, look, I'm preparing you and your character. I'm more concerned with your heart than I am the 
the outcome. So, 11 years ago, I'll just tell this super quick story. 11 years ago, I walk, uh, by the way, I was a pastor at the Grace Church, Powell, Great Church, Sister Church over there, awesome. But I kind of felt like God was calling me to the deeper waters. That's why I came over here, because it's, no, I'm kidding. Um, no, but I felt like God was calling me out of the church into the business world. Business people scared me. I'm just being real. I, I had never taken a business class in my life. I was so scared. Well, 11 years ago, I walk into this conference, a business conference. I'm wearing jeans and a polo, and everyone's in different outfits, like suits and stuff. And, and I'm like, I'm in the wrong room. That's what I, I, I'm like, I'm in the wrong room. But guess what? I walk into that room, and God gives me this dream right there. It's so weird. Has that, have you ever had that happen? Where God, has anybody ever had that? I'm not going to call on you, but anybody. Has anybody, anybody? One person, thank you, in the front row. Love you. Awesome. But I think that God wants to give dreams to his people. I think God is giving us dreams all the time. The question is, are we listening? And so I get this dream, to, God gives me this dream that we're supposed to create a publishing agency for, for this huge group of, of, of coaches, okay? That's now 40,000 people, right? But guess what? I stuck my net in the water, nothing. I stuck my net in the water, betrayal. I stuck my net in the wa water, misunderstanding. Have you ever been there where you stuck your net in the water? You did what God said, and you're like, okay, it happened here, 153 fish. It doesn't even say that he caught them. It says that they pretty much... I love the scripture. They enclosed a great quantity of fish. In other words, like, they didn't even do anything. And yet it happened. And some of us are sitting here, we're like, God, I put the net in the water and I've been waiting for years. That marriage that you thought was supposed to work, I'm waiting for the spouse to change. I've been doing my part. It's not happening. And we can doubt God's character. And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do. Just like the enemy came to Jesus and said, Prove you're the son of God. He didn't. He didn't take the bait. He stood strong in the last words God told him. I love that. I got to borrow that from a guy named Bill Johnson. What are the last words God told you? What are the last words God told you? And if God hasn't told you anything, I would say, is there a relationship? Because last time I checked, you got to talk in a relationship. I think God's talking. I think God's talking to this generation. In fact, I think personally, when Dean asked me if I could speak, I said, Dean, can I speak on Web3, Metaverse, VR, AR, NFTs, all that? He's like, no, you can't, okay? But I'm pretty excited about that, so look me up later. But, but here's the point. I think what's happening in the world today is crazy. Do you know what's happening in the world right now? Brain-computer interface technology where they're going to put a prosthetic limb on you and you can control it with your brain. Is that crazy or what? There is some crazy stuff happening for evil and some crazy stuff happening for good. And if you have someone little, close their ears here because in the metaverse, you can now have affairs with haptic suits. I mean, it is crazy town. I'm telling Dean, I'm like, dude, I'm glad I'm not a pastor anymore because I won't even know how to counsel people today. Right? I mean, back in my day, you would just have an affair. Today, you're having an affair with virtual avatars. It is crazy town. And here's what I'm saying. The church better get ready. 
Can anyone hear me? The church better get ready because we're moving into a new generation that is an immersive internet where you think that, oh, I'm holding my phone, I can control it. You will be doing life inside an experiential internet very soon. And my point is this, that the church better know who the master is, the church better know where the deeper waters are, the church better know where the line is, the church better wake up, and we better become the salt and light, because I think God wants to be the God of everything. So there's this church called Life Church, a different Life Church. They said, we're going to have a church in the metaverse, and there's people getting saved right now in the metaverse. Crazy stuff. My point is this, folks. I don't know where God's calling you. God may not be calling you into Web3 Metaverse. God may be calling you into a neighborhood that's scary, a job, a mission field that you don't even think is a mission field. God is calling his people. So here's, here's what we go. Number three, deeper water means greater impact. Have you ever been on your knees? I'm going to do it right now, okay, just for illustration here. All right, effect. I'm waiting for the angels, right? But here's the point. Have you ever been on your knees and asked God to change the world through you? Have you? Anybody? Anybody here raise their hand? Anybody? Thank you. Anybody else? Folks, I think God wants to change the world through you. Through you. Why does it have to be throughout history? Why do we have to read history books and hear about these amazing people that God used? God is drawing out a generation right now of people, but you better be ready to go into the deeper waters because this is going to be a war. Anyone with me? Okay. All right. Number four, watch this. Do you think it's okay to be afraid? Peter was absolutely afraid. Watch this. I've been afraid. I've been afraid this last year. Okay. Here's what he does. They signaled to their partners. I believe God is going to do such big things that you're going to need partners and collaborators. Do you agree? Do you think God is going to do such a big vision in your life that you're going to need partners and collaborators to catch all of the blessings? Does anybody want this? Anybody? Okay, a few people. You can say amen. I mean, I've spoken to churches where they, they dance, they yell. I mean, even a, even a yes... Yes, thank you. Okay, I feel better now. Okay, feeling good now. Someone's with me. I feel like God wants to pour out blessings on his people so much so that they have to call partners to say, let us catch the blessings, and here's what happens. They filled their boats, and they began to sink, and Peter falls down at Jesus' feet. Many of the commentators believe that he's now knee-deep in fish. Think about that. He's in the boat still. The fish are coming in. The boat is sinking, and he's clinging to Jesus, and there's fish all around. And here's what he says, don't leave me, for I am a sinful man, for amazement has fallen upon them. Here's the, here's the next point. Fear precedes promotion. How do I know that? I know that because Jesus says something, okay? Jesus says about something about fear. For amazement and fear, and, and when, verse 10, and also James and John, sons of Zebedee, and then he says, do not fear. 
Why did he say, do not afraid, unless he was scared? I'm sorry, but Jesus doesn't tell you to be afraid if you're not scared. Simon was scared of the next step. Has anyone here been scared of the next step? Oh my gosh. We, we, buried, uh, you know, we buried my mother-in-law in February after seven years of dementia. That was a scary time for our whole family. There are times where you know all the verses. You don't know what... You, how, do you, how do you explain that to a five-year-old? How do you explain that to a teenager? That someone who's trusted in God their whole life now has a disease that they don't even understand who they are anymore. Folks, I'm talking about real issues today. I'm talking about deeper waters. I'm talking about stuff that doesn't make mainstream Christian radio. This is intense times that I believe God is trying to show his bride who the Lord of the, of, of the world is. And we have an opportune time, and here's what happens. They didn't let their nets become anchors. They didn't let their nets become anchors. Now, that's a metaphor, okay? But here's what I'm saying. What was a net to a fisherman? A net was security, identity, means of financial wealth. And they were washing them in the beginning of the passage. And what do we see? It says in Luke 2, I believe it was, a different, a different passage. It says they left their nets and their boats and followed him. They didn't let their nets become anchors in their Christian walk with the Lord. Let me ask you a question. Are you letting your nets become anchors? Are you letting all those skills, gifts, talents, abilities, the nets that God has given you, are you letting those things become anchors holding you back from where God wants to take you? Number seven. Am I right with my order? Because I know the type A people get very mad if I skip a number. Am I right? Are we cool? Did I skip any numbers? Okay. One time a lady wanted to kill me after its service because I had forgotten number three. Security had to come in. Let's give security a hand, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, if you're not on a life team, get on a life team. I wasn't on a life team for a long time. I'll just be honest. Because I was a pastor, and I, I, was, I was sick of serving. I'm just being real. Can I be real? Okay, I, I've served my whole life, right? I mean, I was a pastor's kid. I was serving when I was two, pretty much, you know? But recently, Dan's, uh, Dean's like, hey, man, you should serve. I'm like, all right. Well, put me with the security people. I love the security team. It's a great role. If you want to serve, join the security team, or the kids, or the parking lot. They even have jobs where you can ride a golf cart all church service. Is that cool? And then if threatening people come, you take them out. I mean, that's better than a video game. Right? Okay, let's keep going. Man, that time's counting. All right, we got to roll. All right, so number seven, go with God and stay with the source. Go with God and stay with the source. Think about how important those nets were to Peter a few seconds ago. He was washing them. He was caring for them. This was his upbringing. This was his education. Peter was not about to leave his nets. God shows up, takes him into deeper water. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you. Jesus did a miracle in Peter's life before this, the chapter before, but it didn't matter much. You know what that was? It's a great trivia question. 
He healed his mother-in-law. But that wasn't what got Peter all jazzed. Now listen, I'm not going to talk about the scriptures or anything. Maybe there was tension. I don't know. But, but Peter was not all jazzed when the mother-in-law got, got healed. I mean, I think he was a little bit jazzed. But now all of a sudden he catches 153 fish and he's like, whoa, I'm leaving everything. I don't know what God needs to do to wake you up, but God's going to wake you up. And he woke Peter up and Peter said, I'm leaving everything. I'm going with God so I can stay with the source. Jesus says, I am the living water. I am the bread of life. I am the vine. Folks, if you have Jesus, you have everything. Can I say that again? If you have Jesus, you have everything. All right. Thank you. Okay. Number eight, significance outlasts success. Significance outlasts success. He is so pumped up that he's like, look, I can be a follower of Jesus and I can fish for men. And he left that whole fishing business and we are different because of it. What if people someday, a hundred, a thousand years from now are in heaven and say, you know what? Because you took action today on June 12th, at LifePoint Church, because you took action and joined Jesus in the deeper waters, my destiny is now changed. Is that pretty cool? Back in the day, it was, uh, again, because I, I like grew up in the Christian culture, man. Like Ray Bolts. Remember that guy? Thank, uh, thank you, that song. Some of you are like, man, what's, what's going on? But, but thank you, Ray Bolts. It was a song about how this woman and this guy, they had no idea what their lives mattered. For, for you really oldies, it's a wonderful life. Am I tracking? Right? Where George Bailey, right? The point is this. God wants your life to matter. If you walk through your whole life and nothing's changed, I just got to say, are you a person of faith? All right, number, number nine. This is a big one, folks. This is, this is going to cause some waves. Maybe I'll get invited back, maybe not. It's been a year and a half since I spoke last, so. I think Dean was like, okay, we'll give him one more chance. Uh, number nine, not everyone who starts with you will finish with you. Ouch. In other passages, it says they left their father. Folks, check this out. People's rejection is God's protection. It's not my own. Can't, can't take credit for that one. People's rejection is God's protection. My point is this, folks. Stop asking blind people to proofread your vision. Again, not my own, okay? I got to quote people when, when people are smart. Uh, stop asking blind people to proofread your vision. I'm going to change it. Stop asking blind people to proofread God's vision for your life. Here's what the average Christian does. They feel like they're getting a download from the Lord, and they go and they tell their friends, and their friends are like, what in the heck are you talking about, man? Like, what, where is this coming from? And here's what we do as Christians. We start listening to the masses instead of the master. We start saying, well, gee, they, they're, they're not proofreading the vision. Maybe I heard God wrong. Building an ark in a society where it had never rained, do the research, is pretty weird. If you ask your neighbor, they're probably going to shoot you down. But this is the story of Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. All right, got 90 seconds. Here we go. I've been watching. Got to end on time. 
I hold here in my hands a check, and you can zoom up on that because I, I, I blurred out the post-it, you know, you can't see how much it is, I, don't, I hope, or, or who said it, right? Remember how I told you 11 years ago I had a vision? Guess what? June 1, as in like 11 days ago, after I threw in the towel so many times and said, I guess I heard God wrong, stuck that net in the water, no action, 11 years later, I get the proof of the organization that's now hired me for the vision that I had 11 years ago. Was that cool or what? Yeah. Here's the thing. It's not that much money. That's not the point. Okay? Seriously, that's not the point. When I got this in the, in the P.O. Post Office Powell whatever mailbox, I almost cried. The, the male person thought I was a nut, I'm telling you. Because I'm like, I got the check, this is amazing, all right? And I went on Facebook and I like blew it up and there's like, you know, 1,500 views of me being crazy about this check. I never told anyone who said it or what the amount was, but here's the point. Folks, God is giving you a vision so big that he wants to be famous in your life. And he's testing you and he's trying to draw you out of you and he's drawing you into the deeper water and you're gonna think you're crazy and people are gonna think you're a nut at times. But I'm telling you that the life of the deeper water, the nine responses, there's nothing like it. This was so much bigger than the Buckeyes winning, I'm sorry. This was so much bigger than any other thing in my life because it was God saying, Carrie, you heard me right. And when you're that desperate to hear God speak, is anyone that desperate to hear God speak? I'm gonna ask John and the band to come out here because I'm watching the time. See, now, now they put negative, okay? <laughs> now they're like, this dude's so bad, we're just putting negative on the screen, okay? It's okay. We're, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it, people. But I want, I want the band to come, and here's what I wanna do. I, I thought we were gonna end with Oceans, because I like that song. But somehow we got our wires crossed, so now we're not gonna sing that, and I'm bumming. I'm just being real. I'm bumming. I'm gonna go have a oceans fest in my van after church they go shout it out but instead we have a better song that that life point wrote themselves so let's give them a hand this band yeah but here's what i'm going to do i'm going to ask you to strum quietly in the background i'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes okay and here's what i know god is asking some of you to go into the deeper waters I know it. I absolutely know in this congregation right now, some of you have been like, I don't know. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to play a little bit, play a little bit, you know, like they do on TV. Can you play a little bit in the background? All right, cool. All right, play a little bit. Can you play? There, thank you. Thank you. All right, I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you in all seriousness to bow your head, and I'm going to ask you to make a commitment might be for salvation, might be to be like, God, I am done washing my net, sitting on the side of life, blaming my net when really you're asking me to go deeper. And I'm going to invite you to go deeper because I'm going to say a special prayer of dedication to you. So right now, no one looking around, if God's calling you in deeper water, stand up. I don't care if your parents are next to you. I don't care if your spouse is like, what does this mean? Oh my gosh. Stand up 
if God's calling you into the deeper, deeper waters right now, go ahead, stand up. Stand up all over the place, wherever this is. I don't know what God's doing. We're not judging. It could be for salvation. It could be for a, an assignment. It could be for anything. I don't know. And I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to sing. Lord, you see all these people. You see all these people, your sons, your daughters. You are calling them into a deeper place. You are saying, I want to do miracles in their lives. I want to make myself famous. I want to just blow them up. I want to reach the kingdom. I don't know if it's Web3. I don't know if it's inner city. I don't know if it's across the ocean. I don't know where it is, God, but you do. So we dedicate all these people to you. We, we, we understand that they took the movement today, the movement before the miracle, and you are going to do fantastic things in their lives. We pray this all in Jesus' name.